Breakups and divorce can be extremely painful, lonely, and confusing. But I believe your breakup can be your biggest breakthrough. I'm Lindsay Ellison, author, coach, speaker, and single mom of two awesome young men. Welcome to a podcast about finding joy and inner peace after a breakup. You may not be able to see what's on the other side yet, but I promise if you do the healing work, your life will transform in ways you never thought possible. Welcome to Unbreakable You. The most common question I get from my clients or readers is, what if I'm the narcissist? And this is a question wrought with fear. And it often comes from the actual narcissist accusing you of being a narcissist. And I answered this question in a previous episode a few years back, so just check that out when you have time. But the simple answer is, if you think you're a narcissist, then that means you are concerned about other people's feelings, as well as questioning your own behavior and taking accountability for it. So most narcissists don't care about anyone else but them, nor do they take accountability for their actions as they are so busy projecting their behavior onto others and accusing them of being someone that he or she actually is. Narcissists are, quote, always the victim, and they see their actual victims as the aggressors. So a narcissist will call you a narcissist when you have boundaries or when you are outsmarting them or you're calling them on their bullshit. And it's funny because when someone is accused of being a narcissist, when dealing with an actual narcissist, somehow this instills unbelievable fear, shock and horror by the receiver of the accuser. And so my response always is, you know what? You just got the best compliment you will ever get from that person. Well done. So that's the first thing I want to talk to you about today. Stop fearing what a narcissist says, does, or thinks of you. Your biggest problem with a narcissist is not what they do to you. It's how you think of them. It's how you see them and mostly It's how you see yourself. So first, let's talk about how you see them. In my coaching program, I have a module that talks about bears versus squirrels. And if you've experienced long-term narcissistic abuse and you didn't have the skills to manage them back then, then your nervous system was wired to respond to the narcissistic bullshit as really as a major threat to your survival. And if your narcissist was skillful, and probably was, they made sure you fear them using all kinds of manipulation tactics that your sweet self had no idea how to handle. All you could do was flight, fight, or freeze in that moment. So your mind then programmed itself to see your narcissist as a bear. And every time this person knocks on your door, so to speak, or texts you or emails you, or you just hear of this person's name, it's as if a bear was breaking down your door and going to kill you. But that is the illusion they want you to see 
and they have likely succeeded for many, many years. But on this podcast, right, we only talk about the truth and breaking down the illusions and thought distortions we have been taught to have to survive our childhood or our past traumas. So now we know that all narcissists are highly undeveloped adult children who love to create the false illusion of themselves, this false sense of themselves, and they project their illusions onto us and we buy into it for a while. But when we start to see who they really are, they get very frightened and will do anything they can to make sure you see them as powerful, scary bears. But what they really are, they're just an annoying nuisance. And they have the ability to create a lot of destruction and chaos. We know this. But narcissists aren't bears. They really are squirrels. So imagine a squirrel getting into your house and it would be jumping all over the place, going absolutely bonkers and knocking things over because it's scared shitless. But because it's a squirrel, you're not scared for your life. It's just annoying and you want it out. But with a bear, you are terrified. With the squirrel, you're just annoyed and you actually laugh at this crazy thing by how stupid this thing is behaving. You must see a narcissist as a squirrel. Otherwise, they will win and you will always, always lose. And it's not just losing the conflict, right? It's not losing the argument or whatever the communication is happening. It's losing yourself. It's losing ground with yourself. It's losing self-love in a way, okay? So the next part now is how they see you, which is ultimately, and you may not like to hear this, but it's ultimately how you see you. A bear would see you and want to gobble you up or destroy every shred of your being because you're weak and they are strong. But this is actually how you see yourself, weaker than they are. And I'm going to just preface this by saying you see yourself if you're getting very upset and thrown off and derailed by the things that they say, okay? So if that's the case, that's how you see yourself, that you are weaker than they are. But because they are actually squirrels, a squirrel is intimidated by you because your brain is twice the size as theirs. So instead, they will completely destroy your house to make sure you think they are much mightier than they are. This is how squirrels gaslight. All you see is the mess. But at the end of the day, they are just a nuisance and you must laugh at their attempts to destroy your house. And you know, aren't they just those pesky little rodents? So you must see you as the bigger one the stronger one, the smarter one, which is exactly how the narcissist perceives himself or herself and why you are so scared to perceive yourself that way. So here's the rub. 
How the narcissist perceives himself is an illusion. And the narcissist's perception of himself or herself is an illusion. Just like how you perceive yourself is an illusion that you're the weaker one. But if you flip it around and talk about the actual thing, the reality, reality is opposite of an illusion. The reality is, is that the narcissist is terrified, terrified to be seen for who they really are. But guess what? So are you. Because God forbid you are actually strong and smart and two steps ahead of them. And oh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, suddenly you're now a narcissist. Oh no. It's okay to outsmart them, to play their games and to mirror their behavior. You aren't a narcissist. You're the person you have been all this time, a complete badass who will do anything to protect yourself, your agency, your family, your money, etc. So here's what I mean by mirroring them, which by the way, they have been doing this to you all this time without you even knowing it. So if you remember, narcissists do a technique that I call woodpeckering. They peck and they peck and they peck, 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 and they jab you with passive aggressive insults until you completely lose your temper and control. And then suddenly they are eerily calm and they question your mental health and whether you are of sound mind to parent your children or whether you're of sound mind to do anything, whether you're actually a functioning human being. Well, you can do the exact same thing to them. That's what I mean by mirroring. And I'm going to give you an example of a text exchange between my client, who's in my Breakup Breakthrough coaching program. And this just happened recently. And I asked her if I could use this as an example for this podcast, and she said yes. She is co-parenting with her ex. By the way, he has the majority of custody of their daughter right now because he manipulated the legal system. And I'm not going to get in the details of that but I'm going to just kind of give you a high level. So he had written her and texted her and said something that their daughter was working on an excelled math program or math homework and that she was going to call her soon. And, oh, he's so proud of her. And just in his comments, he kind of just painted a passive aggressive picture that he's just such a great dad. And I knew, you know, you can't ever – you got to read it in between the lines because you can't really call them on this, but it's just obvious of, look how great I'm doing while you're such a mess and you don't have her. But it's all being pictured and framed in this, hey, I'm communicating with you kind of text. So he sent her this text about that. And she responded with a simple question asking why her math homework was taking so long and was this a normal thing? It was just a very general, hey, is this always a normal thing with her homework? Is this something that's, you know, is this, is this okay? And then he responded, which what I say, he woodpeckered. And here was his response. And I took some of it out um, just so you guys get the high level. He said, are you seriously asking me why her homework is taking so long? I told you she was working on her accelerated math assignment and she's regular homework as well. 
These are the type of messages that don't need to be sent. Please use this for legitimate concerns, money, and scheduling. I know in your mind you were thinking I'm doing everything to keep her from you, and it's not the case. But until you realize that, unfortunately, there's nothing I can do or say to fix this. You did this, all caps, not me. And if you don't believe that, ask around. Ask my attorney. I don't know what else to do. And every step of the way, you have given me grief since the beginning of the divorce. Please don't reply. I more than likely won't read it, unless it's positive. So that was his text back to her. And of course, this nearly derailed my client, threw her off, really upset her, mostly because her ex prior to this was changing visitation times and then ignored his behavior and then sent this very nice, you know, I'm a great dad text instead. And when you put all of this together, she felt like a bad mom, a bad person, and completely victimized just in those five minutes. And he did that on purpose. Of course he did. And it worked, right? So in the situation, my advice to her was to not respond because of other mitigating circumstances that I'm not going to go into here, okay? But I wanted to kind of pull this out. And respond as if, I wanted to say, if this were my ex texting me, which he's done something like this in the past, I may have responded this way, okay? So this is pretend, this is how I would have responded. Wow, you seem really stressed out. Are you okay? I'm a little worried how your stress may affect our daughter and whether you're able to handle her on your own. Let me know how I can help. I will be sure to let my attorney know you are struggling with the simple task of parenting through her homework, thereby resulting in erratic outburst via text. Of course I want to stay positive, and that is and always will be my intent. Hey, have a fantastic evening. So do you see in that response that this is a total mindfuck? You totally turned it around, back on him, and mirrored what he was trying to do to you and you put it right back on him. Now, if this were my um, ex, he probably would have done hook, line, and sinker, and he would have had more outbursts, okay? And so that's what I want to say. I can hear you guys going, well, you know, what if he gets more mad? So yes, this might elicit a nasty response back, but that's exactly what you might be baiting after, right? That's what you might want, So by doing that, you have constant evidence that he is unraveling while you remain calm. And the thing is, is this is what so many people are scared of and they're afraid of, quote, poking the bear. I've literally heard that. I'm just so afraid of poking the bear. Well, guess what? He's not a bear, (laughs) okay? And whatever response that may happen might fuel more anger. But you know what? Who cares? Because he's a squirrel. And the more you constantly remain calm, he will run out of steam. And if you are consistent with this, I promise you, this intimidation and this passive aggressive stuff will just stop because it no longer works on you. The only reason why this keeps happening is because it's working. It's because of how you see yourself and how you see him and how he sees you. So both of you are caught up in this illusion That's not true. 
So in this scenario, especially if you are in the middle of a custody case or a legal case, your goal should be documenting abuse, passive aggression, erratic behavior. So just as a narcissist would do, you want to bleed it out of them all while you are being nice and, quote, concerned about him and concerned about the well-being of your children. Okay, so if you are listening to this episode today, it means you are a good person. It means you are a good parent. And you are doing an amazing job finding the resources to help yourself and or your kids. Thinking like a narcissist does not mean you are one. You're just playing one on TV. And you know what? I got to admit, sometimes it can be a little fun. Enjoy it. Okay, so that is my episode today. I'm going to be taking a two-week break due to vacation and then my producer's taking some time off. So join me back here in a couple of weeks for the next episode. And if you would like more personalized coaching on how to navigate the narcissist in your life, let's talk. I'm going to be providing a link in the show notes to book a call with me. We can set up time and hopefully we can make that happen before I go away. If not, just know if you see a big block in my calendar, that's uh, because I'll be on vacation and I'll see you guys when I get back. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, make sure you sign up for your free subscription to Blessings of a Breakup, where you will receive daily spiritual guidance on getting out of your pain and back to who you really are. Go to my website at lindsayellison.com.